Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. We are saying as long as there is breath in our bodies, we will not forget you. If we don't deal with this issue now, the problem will get bigger. The lack of empathy. These women need to get over themselves. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Okay, free concert or free panto Friday all day today with Aladdin at the Everyman. We'll do it much later on this morning and more tickets for Riverdance live at the Marquee next summer. Apologies for the voice. My sinuses are at me a small bit. Trust me, it's not the dreaded lurgy. My sinuses are at me. They flared up during the night. So we'll be grand. We'll be absolutely fine. Oh God, what a morning, lads. What a morning. One week to Christmas Eve. Did we think we'd be having this conversation? Did we think in our wildest, maddest dreams this time last year, we'd be having this kind of a conversation. I certainly didn't think we'd be doing it. There are those who think I should have been thinking that way, but I wasn't. Um, going through the newspapers this morning, Irish Independent tells us Christmas restrictions are looming as the situation is now serious with curbs on hospitality and household uh, as Omicron takes hold. The Irish Daily Mail has a 5pm curfew on socialising. Pubs, restaurants and all indoor events should be shut by 5 o'clock. That's theatres and cinemas and everything happening indoors. Neffet expected to advise. The letter of course has not been published. We'll hear about what's in that later. The echo goes with the local court story. Um, The story of Helen Jones who murdered her brother Paul Jones and of course her co-accused and then partner Keith O'Hara also found guilty of the murder of Paul Jones and the Mirror has another local story No Mask Grand this is Margaret Buttimer who was jailed yesterday for six months for consistently refusing to wear the mask and then we come back to the star which has You Better Watch Out picture of uh, Tony Houlihan on the front page misery as stricter rules on the way amid variant fears the Irish Sun then says pubs and restaurants should shut their doors <clears throat> thank you Barton at 5 o'clock from next Monday to help fight the spread of the COVID-19 Omicron variant now that is what we believe is in the mess in, in the letter written last night by Dr Tony Houlihan the Hospitality sector open arms this morning about what they would call an effective lockdown of their businesses. Adam Higgins joins me from the Irish Sun political correspondent. Adam, the letter has not yet been published. They've done everything in their power to block leaks over the last couple of weeks. But but what do you know at this point? Good morning. 
Good morning. Yeah, I think the the three broad areas that um, new advice has been recommended have kind of been widely reported there. So the first one is pubs, restaurants, cinemas and theatres all asked to close by 5pm. The other area is on large outdoor gatherings. So they'd be cut by 50% capacity or a maximum of 5,000. So that's a real blow to the likes of football matches, horse racing that happens over the Christmas. And the third big one would be close contacts. All of Anyone who comes in close contact with a confirmed case would be asked to isolate unless they have a booster vaccine, which is a change in tact there from uh, the public health officials. Now, this is a recommendation. Cabinet is due to meet today. Has the, has the subcommittee met, Adam? Have they, have they seen the recommendations? No, they haven't. So I'm sure they've seen them. I'm sure they've been sent them. But at the moment, um, the Taoiseach and the Finance Minister, Pascal Donoghue, are flying home from Brussels. There will be a cabinet subcommittee at 12 p.m., followed by a full cabinet meeting late af- directly after that. And I'd say we're likely to see the Taoiseach coming out on the steps of government buildings to address the nation at 6 p.m. What's the mood around the corridors of power, Adam Higgins? Because as I said there in my introduction, this day last year, if you told me I'd been having the same conversation a year on, I'd have laughed at you. Yes, it's very much Groundhog Day. And I think that period that you're talking about last year will very much ringing the heads of those ministers who are sitting around the cabinet table today because there is pressure from all of society, really, that uh, the government could and not ignore this advice, but maybe change it, maybe not go all the way with this advice, maybe look at, at the pubs going to 10 p.m. as opposed to 5 p.m. All these sort of options will be discussed, but I think in the back of those ministers' heads will be the in the run-up to Christmas last year when they ignored the advice from Neffet or changed it and tampered it. And we were looking at a very long lockdown um, post-Christmas then. So I think that will that nightmare before Christmas last year will hang in the ministers' heads. And I, I would be surprised if they in any way deviate from the Neffet advice. You could see the five o'clock coming in. Some people were speculating, just give us till seven at least so people can get a bit of dinner. Yes, yes. I can, I can understand the, the, the pushing around little bits and that sort of thing. But ultimately, this is, as many of the restaurants and pubs have said, this is a, a lockdown for that industry. I mean, there's not a lot of people going for their drinks or their dinner in around Christmas before 5 p.m. So it's going to be very difficult. Even if they do push it out to 7 p.m., it'll be extremely difficult for, for those industries. So Needless to say, new supports will have to be put in place. The PUP will have to be re- re- reinstalled. I can't see any other way around that. And um, really, this is Groundhog Day. We're looking at mm. something similar to what we had last last time around. Another implication of the 5 p.m. shutdown would be that pantos, which are like last year we'd know pantos, they were all cancelled. This year, the pantos are underway and as best they are or can be are in full swing. Like That would have serious implications for pantos. Yes, it would indeed. And uh, as far as I uh, understand it, the letter, is, it warns about large indoor events becoming super spreader events, which while it doesn't specifically mention pantos, it doesn't, doesn't specifically mention weddings either. But the strong advice from Neffet is that uh, large indoor gatherings should be avoided. So whether the government will then interpret this advice and reduce capacity at weddings or pantos or how that's going to work even further, We'll have to wait and see till after cabinet. Yeah, and the, the weddings is one question. I did hear early morning speculation, Adam, that 
perhaps hotels may be exempt from the 5pm shutdown. That's just a rumour at this stage. Have you heard anything? I haven't, no, but the last time out, the government were very keen to say that there was no exemptions when they brought this, um, the last set of restrictions in in November, which uh, I know annoyed a lot of people who had weddings uh, organised and that they couldn't have that late bar that they had in the past. They used to be exempt from all these COVID rules until the last ones came in and the Taoiseach was very keen to say, no, there will be no exemptions. Hotels, everybody is all in the same boat. So whether they treat these restrictions in the same way, we won't know. So the timeline is a 12 o'clock meeting of the committee, cabinet in the afternoon, and the Taoiseach back at the lectern at 6 o'clock. That's it, is it? That's likely the timeline, yes. Uh, the cabinet, sub-cabinet meeting will definitely happen at 12 p.m. They tend to be lengthy affairs. That will then be followed by a full meeting of the cabinet where the ministers will all get their say on, on the proposals that are brought to them. And it's likely we'll see the Taoiseach coming out at 6 p.m., followed by a press conference where he... We'll try to explain things to, to reporters and government buildings, and that, that's usually at about seven. So I think by nine o'clock tonight, you'll have the full details of everything that's going to happen, and you'll have all the government's reasoning behind their decisions. And I know that I'm probably asking you to put your head on the block, Adam, but you've been fairly accurate for us right throughout the year. You do feel that the government will go with what's recommended? I think I would really not want to be one of the ministers sitting around that table today because this is an incredibly difficult decision to make. On the one hand, you've got the public health advisors and officials and experts telling you this dangerous uh, Omicron variant is coming, cases are going to rise, that's going to result in hospitalizations, ICU, people may die. That's the advice on one hand and, and the reasoning behind these things. On the other, you've got people saying, look, Thousands of people are going to lose their job in the days before Christmas. It's going to cause economic chaos. And not only that, but the mental health impact of this on the entire nation who are sitting at home thinking, how can we be here again? How can we be here again after doing everything we were told over the past year and doing it so well? I mean, the public should really be lauded for really taking to the vaccine campaign in a big, big way, one of the best in the world. And yet we're still here looking at pubs being closed at 5 p.m. because of a new variant. So I think the government are really stuck between a rock and a hard place here, and I would not want to be a minister around that table. But I do think that what happened last Christmas will kind of ring in their minds about when they changed an effort of advice or interpreted it their own way and and it really backfired on them. They were forced to apologise eventually later on in the year because of it. And I think that situation is a very difficult one to forget. All right. Adam, thank you. Adam Higgins, political correspondent of the Irish Sun. Remember what happened this time last year was that, and I'm paraphrasing very much before anyone cares to pick me up on it, was, well, they were told, okay, you can let people see their families at Christmas. You can let people have gatherings of a certain number of people in their house on Christmas Day and Stevens's Day and all of that. Or you can open the pubs. You can't do both. They did both, and we know where it went. And they did end up apologising for it afterwards and saying they should have listened to Niffet. We'll see what happens later today, and if we hear Anthony during the morning, we'll jump straight back uh, to, to Adam. And look, I know this is awful stuff to be talking about a week away from Christmas Eve. I'm going to brighten it up a bit shortly, because I want to do... I started this on the programme yesterday, and I want to do it today, and I want to have fun with it today, because a week out from Christmas Eve, we deserve fun. So I want to have fun with it later today, and get some smiles on the air. But we'll stay with this for a few minutes more, because the schools are remaining open. The schools are staying open until 
the holidays, which are on Wednesday. Uh, that's distinctly instructed by Neffet that the schools are to remain open. Now, as we've been discussing here for the last couple of days, parents are going to vote at their feet and many of them are not going to send their children in if it's a thing that they can mind them and all that. But the schools are staying open. The schools have also been given money to get HEPA filters and get better ventilation and all this. They've got the money. But with it comes another problem. Next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, going the extra smile to make your Christmas special. It's Christmas time. Hear your favorite Christmas hit 24-7. Listen to Cork's 96 Miss, streaming online now. With Bridgestone and Desi Tires, for real value, service and convenience. Open seven days at four locations, with late opening too. Desi'sTires.ie Download our app or see 96FM.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Courts 96 FM. Yeah, just on that court story, uh, Helen Jones and her ex-partner Keith O'Hara found guilty of the murder of Paul Jones. That sentence hearing is this morning at the Central Criminal Court. Moraid will be there. And if we get anything out of that before the end of the programme, we'll certainly bring it to you. 1850-715-996 to own a we Educate Together National School. We go. Trina Golden, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. Trina, telling you guys that the money is there to go and get HEPA filters and install them, well, that's all very good, but it leaves you with a problem, doesn't it? Yeah, to be honest, PJ, it was a bit... Uh, I won't say it was a surprise because it's quite true to form, but... Um, it was a bit of a lend the week before Christmas when when there's a lot going on anyway to now suddenly be trying to figure out ventilation guidelines and compare HEPA filters and try to figure out if I'm in any way qualified to make this decision. So, yeah. Because they've said the money is there. Just go get them. Isn't that right? That's it. So, and and to be to be honest, there's a bit of confusion with it. Like they haven't actually said go get HEPA filters. They've still very clearly said they don't believe every classroom needs one. Um. So what they've said is here's some money. Um. It's our normal minor works grant, which you get every year for things like the boiler breaks or there's a leak or you know anything that needs to be fixed in the school. And they've given us fifty percent extra on top of that and said, well, you can use this for ventilation if you want, or you can use it on outdoor classroom stuff or whatever. So there's not even really a clear direction of, well, go get HEPA filters. Right. Um, it's figure it out yourself, really. So that normal budget that you'd get any winter time for, like you said, a boiler or a burst pipe, they've increased it by 50% and said, kind of do what you like with it. Exactly. Right, right. So, like, would you, like, would you know the first thing about selecting a HEPA filter? Surprisingly, while there's a lot of things I am quite qualified in, that's not one of them. Yeah. Um, we didn't do it in college. Yeah. Um, so I've spent the last three days since the announcement trying to get my head around the acronyms. Apparently the CADR is very important. And there's 
the noise and then you're trying to compare costs because they range from 300 euro to 2000 euro per unit. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to measure the size of the volume of air in each room, which is another part of it. And yeah, trying to compare. We've gotten, I'd say, 15 emails in the last two days from different companies, all promising me that theirs is the right one. Yeah. Um, and then making that assessment basically of, well, what are we going with? Why are we going with this? Does it meet the certification? Trying to figure out the certification. Yeah. So we have 4,000 principals individually doing this. So I was, I was thinking about, I probably spent about eight hours on it so far. 4,000 principals doing that. It's 32,000 principal hours of our most highly paid school staff instead of what, I guess, one day of person who is actually qualified doing it centrally and sending us some links. Um, so, yeah, it just doesn't make sense what, to me. What should be happening, I think you're saying to me, Trina, is that the Department of Education should be looking at a preferred supplier or even giving you some links to say, look, make your choices here. Exactly. I don't think they'll go the preferred supplier option. I don't think they were ever going to go the procurement option and centralise yeah, it. And, yeah, and yeah. fair enough. But what they could have done is said, right, if your classroom is 40 metres squared, here are three options. If your classroom is 60 metres squared, here are three options. Yeah. And given a bit of something that way where you just click the link, have a look at them. You've Someone who's qualified to do so have said, these will all work. You know, and then... You, you fire away. Of course, with the best will in the world, and no matter who you are, if you're supplying filters of any kind and you see money from the Department of Education, sure, yours is the best thing ever invented, isn't it? Of course it is. And because there are so many factors to it, all of which I'm still trying to get my head around, to be honest, um, different companies will emphasise that theirs is, is better in a certain way or there'll be fancy add-ons or there'll be different things. And, you know, for them, of course, it's an opportunity and I appreciate that. But when you've, it's like, you know, if you go to the mechanic and you don't know the first thing about cars yes. and they give you a quote and you're like, well, I don't know, that could be great, that could be rubbish. That's what it's like, but it's 4,000 principals doing that. Yeah. And I can't see how that's the best, most effective way to be spending money. Yeah. Trina, the, as you know, the NEFID recommendations came out and they do, it would appear, uh, recommend that the schools remain open as, as planned until the 22nd of December. But many parents have been saying to us over the last couple of days, if they're in a position to do so, because not everybody is, that they'll take the kids out of school today. Do you expect to be looking at a lot of empty classrooms or half empty classrooms next week? Yeah, definitely. I'd say 50 to 60% is what we'll see in, in a lot of classrooms um, around the country next week. You know, if you have the privilege and, and you're in the position that you can do that, and if you have plans to meet vulnerable family over Christmas, then of course it makes perfect sense. Um, and we would never, you know, we'd, we'd never say otherwise to parents, you know, that's their decision to make. Um, but I, yeah, I would expect that a lot of classrooms will be quite empty next week. And you know, people are always concerned about, well, my child's attendance records and I don't want to be seen as a child, as having a child who, you know, takes a lot of time off school. That really doesn't have any implications this time of the year, does it? Not at all. And to be honest, over COVID as a whole, like that sort of thing needs to, to go out the window, really. Like obviously in, in child welfare cases and where there may be concerns beyond yeah. that, then we would be keeping an eye on it. When but for the average family right now, yeah. 
Exactly. For the average family now, it's about staying safe and, and they need to make the decisions that, that work for them. All right, Trina. And you do the same, you and your staff. And thank you for all you've done uh, for all our children during the year. And thanks for being with us on The Opinion Night a few times. Thank you to Trina Golden on the We Educate Together National School. So the money's there. Um, do what you need to do. But we're not going to give you any information what to do. I was thinking our friend John Sado at UCC might know where someone might start looking. But then again, as she said, there's 4,000 school principals now wondering, OK, I got an extra ball of money. What do I do with it? Where do I start? 1850715996. John says it's time the government grew a pair and tell Neffa to F off. Hospitality should do the same. It's locked down by another name. Kate says carryouts are rubbing their hands in glee now, the off-licenses. I'd much rather be in a controlled environment like a bar or a restaurant. People will just meet at their homes. And John says another blow for the economy and people's mental health, which is already on the floor. If vaccines are worried, or sorry, if vaccines are working, then surely we should carry on as we were. 1850-715-996. Going to brighten it up in a sec. I want you to think about... Again, apologies for the voice. My, my sinus has wrapped me a little bit. I want to think about the moment in 2021 where you smiled, just smiled from ear to ear, like an idiot, maybe. You just smiled because it was a happy, happy moment. I want you to think about that for me. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. So where this idea came from was yesterday we were talking to mind and body coach Anna Healy on the show about you know your wins of 2021 and trying to take the positive out of the year. And we're coming up with a few little ideas of what made you smile during 2021. Just a big, broad smile on your face for no other reason than this was a special moment for you. And I said to people to think about the moment that is really special for you. It could be a huge moment. It could be a tiny, tiny, little moment. I have two uh, that I'll tell you about in a minute. The 8th of February, when my amazing, beautiful daughter Zara was born. I'm still smiling. Yeah, I can see why you would be. Thanks for that. Or Claire says, my happiest moment... Uh, it was at the end of August, my five-year-old, who's undergoing chemotherapy, started school, a day we thought we'd have to delay. And on the same day, my sister-in-law had her second baby after almost eight years. Little moments like that, or they could be really tiny ones. Wait till I tell you mine. They're so insignificant. Robert, you sat down for no reason other than you wanted to, and you wrote a book. Good morning. Good morning, PJ, and good morning to all your listeners. PJ, yeah, um, I suppose it all started um, a couple of years ago when I w- went to Boston, Massachusetts, and I stayed um, with some friends, and we went out to a place called Hummer Rock. Nice. And there was a guy playing a guitar, and he um, recited a poem called Going to the Park with My Dad. Yeah. And from the moment I heard that, it left a, a really emotional mark with me and a couple of years on, um, during when COVID hit us, um, I was sitting at home one day and my daughter was baking a cake in the kitchen 
And uh, I was just listening to uh, the sounds that were coming from the kitchen and the aromas that were coming from the kitchen. I had a laptop open at my kitchen uh, table and I, I st- words started coming out of me, um, you know, words that just came from nowhere. And I found myself writing a poem and it basically took me about maybe uh, the whole day to write the poem. Mm. And I called it Cakes because obviously um, she was baking a cake. And I was very proud of the actual fact that I had written, put words together mm. and they seemed to me Actually, I think some other body, some people might like this. Had you ever done it before? But then because I wrote one about my daughter, I had to write one about my son. Yeah. Had you ever done and it before, before written that, poems? I, I beg your pardon? Had you ever written poems before? Oh, absolutely not, PJ. This was just something that because of COVID and the fact that um, I had peace of mind because the industry that I work in like, is uh, very much uh, orientated towards the, the conference and exhibitions and uh, large gatherings with public, the public area. So we were out of work for a couple of months. And because I had freedom of time and freedom of mind space, I felt very relaxed. So obviously memories started coming back to me about my childhood growing up in the Shandon Street area. And then obviously things came to me like going to the flicks or the movies, uh, going to the bats with my friends, mm going to the park with my dad, going to Flower Lodge with my uncle and my dad every Sunday afternoon to see Hibs. Mm. So I started writing poems, and before I knew it, I had eight poems completed. Mm. And my friend in Homerock uh, gave me, Dennis O'Gorman gave me um, permission to use two of his poems right. in my book going, mm. go, called uh, Going to Yall and the Train. But then once I put the book together, I got onto a guy called Ron Rigby here in Cork, and he um, is a, a cartoonist, and he is he offered his services free of charge oh, wow. to put uh, illustrations to my book, which absolutely makes the book, to be fair. And um, then I got onto Katrina Toomey from Penny Dinners, yes. and I asked Katrina, would it be possible if I, you know, any, any, any monies that we got from the sale of the book and every penny would be given to Penny Dinners because obviously Penny Dinners is dear to my heart and Katrina is a person I know for years and she does absolutely amazing work and as I thought of her, it does Mother Teresa of Calcutta but I think uh, Katrina is Katrina of Calcurkig, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to Calcurkig. So um, I've raised over €2,000 today and I'm giving it to Katrina this afternoon Ah. and this will help... Um, feed some people in Cork and some some people who are really in trouble, and um, this is why I have a big smile on my face because I felt I done something like done something in my spare time that I I could have done some completely useless. Well, but well um, done. I was very very happy with that, John. What did you What Sorry? did you call the book? I just called it COVID memories. Very good. Because it's during COVID, all these memories just flooded back to me about my childhood and the things I held dear. And um, Roy Keane even got a copy of it and uh, he made a great comment to the um, Rockmount um, poet, poem because um, I was happy, I was very, very um, happy to be on the first winning um, schoolboys team that ever won a tro- won the first trophy for Rockmount in 1972. Yeah. And uh, it's 50 years next year since that event happened in Church Road. So um, we beat the famous Crofton Celtic in Church Road and was the first school by trophy and the memories of coming home, coming up Mulgrave Road to Shandon Street and the car horns blowing and 
Jack Rum's Bear for the Crisps and the Raza. You know, it was just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> lovely you know? memories, lovely memories. Listen, congratulations yeah. on it, Robert, and brilliant fundraising for the Penny Dinners. Robert Stevens, and he talks about working in the events sector. I've worked with Robert's sector because he does all of the big displays for things like the Cork Business Awards and the Little Island Business Awards and those, the Style Awards. He, he builds all the displays for those and he does great work. Thanks, Robert. 1850-715-996. Kevin says, after finally building up the courage to ask out the girl I fancied for ages, she said, yes, we went for a socially distanced outdoor coffee and hit it off from the first minute. We've been loved up with each other ever since. 2021 was a bad year in general, but there was also some fantastic moments. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, hiya. Hello. Hi, Peter. Hi. You, you? you had a special moment. Yes, I did. Yes, yes. Very, very special this year for us. What happened? Well, basically, uh, we had our IVF baby. He's now just over 11 weeks old, oh, uh, called Alexander. Fantastic. <laughs> Yes, so that was very, very special for us because um, we had to wait over a year uh, due to COVID restrictions and them closing the fertility clinic. Um, and then when we got the go-ahead to go back and have some treatment, we did, and uh, we were very fortunate to, to conceive. And uh, so we, 11 weeks ago, I went in and was induced um, at uh, the maternity hospital. It was still under some of the restrictions, so I had to wait to call my husband uh, in to come and uh, support me through the labour. It was a very long labour because uh, it took a while for him to come out. 32 and a half hours, in fact. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I thought I was going to be in there forever. Um, but now he's, he's at home and... Um, I have a seven-year-old son called Raylan who uh, absolutely adores his little brother. It's uh, made his his life. You know, he said that he'd always wanted a little brother and he thanked me for, for getting pregnant and he spends all his pocket money buying him baby toys. Oh, so. for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lisa, that's lovely. So, that's lovely yes, and congratulations. And have a, have a lovely you. Christmas with your family. That's beautiful. Thank you, Alexander, born 11 weeks ago. That's lovely. Thanks, Lisa. Those are big ones. I mean, mine are tiny, and I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, Lorraine says, my happiest moment was I completed two long, difficult years and got my degree at the age of 42. I graduated in October. Congratulations. I give you one of mine. It ended up being, <clears throat> being small compared to those. This one was the 5th of March. It was actually a Friday morning, a beautiful spring morning, and I was walking. I got the bus in that morning and I was walking up Patrick Street up over Patrick's Bridge and I was a couple of minutes behind time because I'd stopped to get a coffee when I got off the bus and wandering up and just as I crossed the bridge on a flat cam the surface of the lee was like a mirror and it was bright orange because there was the most beautiful sunset or sunrise rather sunrise and I took a photograph of it uh, and there on the bridge, it was such a beautiful moment. This, my smile was the width of the bridge, and I actually, I actually cried a little happy tear. And I tell you why I did, because I looked up and I said, "Damn you, COVID! You can't take this away from us. Keep those nice moments coming in the moment in 2021, where despite everything, you were smiling like a big happy Egypt." There's a few of them coming in. Oh eight three, three ninety six, ninety six, ninety six. Now the booster. 
program is being ramped up like nothing ever. Uh, they're going to open the vaccine clinics seven days a week from eight to eight for first and second doses and for boosters. And uh, Dr. Paula Sullivan's contacted us from West Cork. Paul, good morning to you. Hello there. Uh, thank you for having me on. Delighted. They um, really are trying to get as many people boosted as possible. That's correct. And we really only have a very small window to get it done. I work as a GP in West Cork, and we've been trying to get people to get their booster jabs against the COVID and Omicron virus as part of the national HSE campaign announced earlier this week. We have been contacting our patients. However, we've noticed that there's a very significant reluctance to take this up before Christmas. Most people have been saying, yeah, they'll leave it till after Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think we need to publicise that we only have a very limited window to get jabs into people. And GPs have been putting up extra clinics to do this, but at the cost of deferring non-urgent clinical work, as we need to get it done before Christmas. Yeah. What exactly it does may- that mean, by the way, Paul? Like, what stuff are you not doing to allow for We're- boosters? We're still seeing people who, who need to be seen urgency, like people who've got chest infections, who've got chest pains, all the emergency stuff, all the stuff that can't be deferred. But we, the stuff like, say, for clinicals, um, say, uh, just uh, chronic disease management, um, uh, uh, driving licenses, stuff that, that while it takes up its time, it, it, it's non-urgent. It can be deferred until after Christmas. The, the problem is... If we don't get it done before Christmas and we're having an eye on what is happening in the UK at the moment, we have a two-week window where we can, if we can get everybody boosted, we we can then avoid what is ha- happening at the moment in the UK. Because what happens then is if we leave it till Christmas, uh, till after Christmas, Omicron will have hit here and it, it is coming we, we can't avoid it. It's like an avalanche. Mm. And it may be that it may be too busy mm. for us to, to continue with the um, vaccination. Paul, is it fair that. to say that the speed of this, the sheer speed of this, is probably the most frightening thing we've seen since the pandemic began? That's correct. I have friends in, in, in the UK. I've worked as a GP there for a number of years. And they have basically said, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's doubling every two days. It's exponential growth. It's like um, a nuclear bomb going off. They've never seen anything. It's much, much worse than last year. Yeah. And even if, even if, as it turns out, and we, we don't know yet, even if, as it turns out, to be a milder illness for most people, a lot of cases brings a lot of people and a lot of sickness. Isn't that right? That's correct. And that amount of work will then hit a very a health service that has been operating on over 100% capacity for the last two years with staff members who are burnt out, who are off sick or who are looking after people like everybody else who are looking after family members who may be unwell. So we, it's, it's the, the amount of illness that will hit us. And our fear is that this will overwhelmed the health health system which we almost which almost happened last year and i think so. what is true of the the booster vaccines and again i'm only going on the research that i'm reading and and the various sources that one can pick up on uh, is that with the booster dose 
your your chance, and no matter what your original vaccine was, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson, with the booster dose, your chances of becoming seriously ill from Omicron are drastically reduced. That's that's correct. Um, even if you get it, the you are less likely to spread it, and when you get it, you have a much milder illness. Um, before we, last year, uh, we had. Everybody was terrified of getting it because there was there was nothing that could be done against it. Now we have the vaccine, we have the tools. It's just a matter of getting it into people's arms, um, and it's it literally is five minutes. You turn up to the the, the vaccination centre, your GP surgery, or the pharmacy. You get it in. That's you done. Yeah. Now, that's what age groups? So there was there was there was an awful mess up. I think during the week with the pharmacies and the age groups. What age group are you vaccinating in your surgery, Paul? At, for this for this campaign, we are vaccinating anybody over the age of sixteen. Now oh. we are prioritising um, the people who may be immunocompromised or who uh, may have uh, not been fully vaccinated, but anybody who who comes. 16 plus will be given a, a, a time and a date to be vaccinated or will be vaccinated there and then. Um, unfortunately, we have been seeing that there, the take-up hasn't been as good as we liked. So we, we want people to come and get it done. Because mm-hmm. this time last year, we were just about waiting for them to come on the market. Then the rollout was slow and the precious boxes were slow to come. There's no problem with stock. You've got stock. No. Nope. You, you, you can get as many out as are needed. That's correct. We have we our fridges are groaning with the stock that is that that is there and is due to come. We we there's no problem with supply. All we need to do is to get it into people's arms. Okay, okay. And if they can contact, can I give out the the the, the number of the medical center? Um, well, the the medical center, our medical center is o two seven five zero five zero four. But if they either they they can also get it in the uh, the, the vaccination centers, or they can attend their local pharmacies. Right. Um, but it, the, the, all the the local uh, medical centers should be able to, will be operating clinics, and uh, just ring your local uh, surgery, okay. and they will be able to to facilitate you. All right, listen, Dr. Paul O'Sullivan, thank you very much, and thanks to you and all your colleagues for what you've been doing sort of crazy busy couple of years. Uh, Dr. Paul O'Sullivan, he's a GP in Bantry. The number to that centre, if you're in the West Cork area, 027 50 54. 027 50 54. Or ring your local GP, or ring your medical centre, or ring wherever. But the jabs are there, they're plenty of stock. And if you get it into you in the next week or two weeks, your chances of getting sick from this Omicron thing are vastly, vastly reduced. So that's what they're saying. And get to it, I would say. I've got mine. I was lucky enough to get mine a couple of weeks ago. I get to it. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. With you there in just a second, Neve. Kevin is making the point 
And it's a valid point. Look, if you have a very big number of Omicron cases, which we will have, if even only a tiny number of them get very sick, which we're hoping, that's still a lot of pressure on the health system. And while we would like to think, and it is promising, if you look at John Campbell during the week again, it is promising the information coming out so far from South Africa, but too early to say for sure that Omicron, for most people, will be a milder illness. That is the hope. That is what the early evidence looks like. But it's way too early to say. So we kind of got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Uh, good point, Kev. 1850-715-996. We're asking people all morning for their best moments of the year. The moment where you smiled despite it all, despite everything that was going on, despite the constant bad news about COVID and this and that and the other. The stuff that, that, that made you happy and made you smile. Neve, how are you? Not too bad. What, what happened for you to make it special? Well, in October 2020, we moved back to Ireland after 12 years away. Um, and it was hard coming back into a pandemic. Yeah. So, and then, so for me, 2021 was just all about the ability to be able to see my family and friends. Yeah. Um, because I know being away and not being able to get back when something happens or just when you want to is, it would, is very hard, you know. Where had you been? Um, so I did Spain for six years, Saudi Arabia for two and a half years, and Bahrain for four years. If right. that all adds up, I'm not yeah. quite sure. Yeah, and was it travelling with somebody's work? It was. Yeah, yeah, with my husband's work. So yeah, we just um, we met each other, and then to, we just decided let's go, and that was it. We just kept travelling. So then we had our, our son in Spain, and. And um, we just kept traveling, but the pandemic kind of made us re, um, kind of reevaluate everything yeah. because when we were in Bahrain, the bridge between Bahrain and Saudi Arabia closed and my husband was stuck over on one side and we were stuck on the other. And yeah, just life changed and we decided to come home and be near family. And I suppose 2021 was just the ability to be able to go down the road to see my parents. And if anything happened, you know, and have a mammy dinner when I wanted. That's that's everything <laughs> you need, you know. Everybody <laughs> loved the mammy dinner. So he was stuck on one side of the bridge and you were on the other. How long was that for? Um, five and a half months. Yeah. So and and well, I mean, went, over he just, went, he just went to work one day, and the bridge locked down, and he couldn't get home. No, what what happened was on it was the seventh of March because it's my son's birthday, and basically they said um, the bridge is closing, and if you want to get across, because we lived in Bahrain, and there's a, a the bridge is twenty five kilometers long. Yeah. And basically they said at 11 o'clock tonight the bridge is closing, and we thought it was going to be for two weeks like everybody else, and. He brought two weeks worth of clothes and that was it five and a half months later he got managed to get back so it was it was tough going i'd say it was i'd say it was neve thanks for that and i can see that the simple joy of being able to go down for a mammy dinner after all of that thanks a lot those kind of stories they don't have to be big ones just little little tiny stories little tiny moments um yeah our own fiona outside the window you, you put on that headphone or that headset and tell me rather than have me read it off the screen have you got the headset there I do. 
I do. Can you hear me? Yeah. What was yours? Yes. Um, my sister had a little baby girl there last month. So we went up to see her and uh, it was just so lovely. She was only a week old when we got to see her. And uh, just like having those little baby cuddles, where she was all snuggled into me and she fell asleep on my chest and I could have just laid there all day with her. It was just bliss. It was so gorgeous. <laughs> baby Maisie. Baby Maisie. Yeah. Right. Cheers, <laughs> Fee. Thanks for that. Keep them coming. 083 396 996 or 1850-715-996. There's lots of them out there. Some of them really, really simple ones. Really, really simple ones. And some of them involving a lot of travel. Like Gary says, my favourite moment of 2021 was when... And it, oh, you are still... Oh, this is Gary who regularly messages from New Zealand. Uh, Jacinda Ardern announced I could leave New Zealand... So I'm looking forward to getting back to Cork for the first time in three years. Ah, cool beans, Gary. That's great for you. That's really good. 1850-715-996. Come here. I love and have always loved going out on my own. I I don't know about you. Um, I'm quite happy to wander off out on my own, go to a pub on my own or a cafe and sit down and read a book or read the paper. Now, I would never consider that going on a date with myself. But Dev, you did that. I can't believe you've never done it before. You did it this year, was it? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) When did you start to do this? So it all came about just as lockdown lifted and you saw everyone going out in friend groups or dates and couples Mm. and for some reason it just felt like it was a concept I wasn't supposed to be a part of. Um, That going and sitting in a cafe by myself made me anxious. That are they going to think I'm waiting on someone? Is it going to be weird? And just on having a journey of a bit of self-discovery and falling in love with yourself, I decided to call it dating myself. And... I but sorry, do you mind me asking Dave what age you are? Do you mind me asking what age you are? I'm 24. And in 24 years, you'd never actually gone and done this on your own? I had sometimes, but there was a different agenda to it because I was in college. Right. So it's very easy to go to a cafe and study. Right. right. But to sit down and be your own company and not think that it's work yeah. was a bit strange. <laughs> okay. Okay, and in the typical TikTok world in which we now live, you posted a video. I did, and I couldn't believe what came of it. <laughs> Why? What What did come of it? So I posted it up thinking, mostly selfishly, that to kind of pat myself on the back that there was video evidence and that I was kind of held accountable to do it again. Right. That if I felt nervous the next time I could look back and be like, look, you've done it before. Yeah. You can do it again. It's fine. Yeah. And I got the most incredible comments and views and people messaging me and just pouring their heart out saying, I feel the exact same way. Thank you so much to someone to actually say it and come out here that they've either broken up in relationships or with COVID and lockdown, they're severely anxious to go out with people, let alone by themselves. Right. And 
the comment section, it wasn't just 24-year-olds. There was some people I was talking to who were in their 40s and 50s that were able to offer advice saying they go on holidays by themselves. They go to dinner. They book a reservation for one. Yeah. And then seeing them talk to each other in the comments was And, and when even you heard someone amazing. saying that, did you think they were completely bonkers? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were dead right, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you, you get you get the feel but, for it after a while, don't you? You, you, it becomes very nice. Yes, and that's what I can't wait to get to a point of that. My own company is completely enough. You know that if I want to go on holidays happily, I'll take myself. It's funny. I was talking to a woman actually during the year. Um, she she called us from Alcudia. She wanted to check up on restrictions and testing and stuff. And she was in Alcudia, which is one of my favourite places in the world. She was there on her own. And I thought, you lucky woman. <laughs> 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 That'd be nice. So would you like? So the next grade up then is obviously to go somewhere like an overnight for yourself. Would you, would you do? Would you book yourself a hotel and go overnight somewhere for yourself? Yeah, that's actually next on the agenda, hopefully. Um, after Christmas, I'd love to head up to Dublin or Galway. I've never been to Galway. I, yes. I know, don't even go there. But every time I say that, people go mad, but I haven't. Ah, great. Galway's um, a great place. You go, go to Galway once, you'll go there a thousand times. Great place. Exactly. That's what I've heard, anyway. <laughs> and to then progress to hopefully come summer 2022 that I take off and move country I, that's a big step now from going to a cafe by myself to a, a different country but that's the challenge at hand right right and like do you not feel totally in charge isn't that very empowering you feel totally in charge of your own day absolutely there is no questioning or having to please someone else's needs if someone, you're on a date with someone or a friend and they think, oh, I have to pop in here, I need to grab something really quickly or can we go here? It's entirely your day. Yeah. Everything falls on your lap. And it is, it's, in, it's inspiring by the world. Yeah. Because if you were walking around the streets of Cork and you decide, actually, I'm going to head all the way off down to the marine market. There's no one to stop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I... I I'm 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 delighted for you that you are learning the pleasure of your own company because oh, you know you. I'm I'm a bit older than you right but it's one of the things I treasure most now look I'm, I'm married with a family and all very happy and all that but what I love absolutely love like when we go on holidays we go for the summer holidays I have about an hour to an hour and a half a day because I get up early in the morning they get up long after me I get up I go out in the morning sun, I take a book to the beach, I get a coffee. It's sheer wow. joy. Go and grab it with both hands. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Dev. Thank you and have a, have a good Christmas. I, I presume you won't be on your own for Christmas. Oh, I will not. I'll have the crazy bunch that is my family around good. me. <laughs> good, good, good. All right, listen, enjoy. Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. Have a great Friday. Cheers. That's Dev. And you'll find her on them um, on TikTok. The amazement of going out on her own. I've, when I was watching, I said, you've never done this. God, am I, am I mad here? I love it. 
absolutely I, in, the, in the summertime here's another thing I did <clears throat> in the summertime when the when the mornings are bright many's the and particularly when the weather is good many's the Saturday morning last year that I, I don't have to get up at my normal time of quarter to six but I actually did I set the alarm for quarter to six six o'clock got up made coffee and sat out in the early morning sun with a book nobody else was stirring until half ten quarter to eleven the sheer joy of the solitude. It's just brilliant. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The secret to visibly firmer, summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Quartz 96 FM. Oh, this one. Actually, I just haven't talked to Dev there. Uh, and I said how much I love popping out for a couple of hours uh, just on my own. On the holidays, it's a very important part of my day, and I, I don't do it very often when I'm not on holidays, but I do love to do it. Um, would you do that? Would you go out specifically on your own? Like I do, a lot of Fridays I do it. I finish up here a little bit early on a Friday, and I'd often pop in somewhere just for a sandwich and a coffee for myself, just for that. For it, it, Would you do that? How would you feel about doing that? I love this one. Anne says, Hi, Peter. The most heartwarming moment I had this year was when my daughter thanked me for minding her when she was isolating for 10 days upstairs at home. It was the way she hugged me and told me she really appreciated the food and the stuff I did for her. So heartwarming to hear that from a 20-year-old daughter. I had tears in my eyes. Us mums sometimes feel unappreciated. That's lovely. Thank you, Anne. That, that's really nice. Sorry, apologies for the for the voice, lads, it's a bit raw today, but have no fear. I'll be back on Monday. 1850-715-996. And speaking of the pandemic, we are, and I started this morning with Adam Higgins, and we know the news is coming later today, and we know it's not going to be good, and we know we're not going to get the Christmas we'd hoped for, and we'll have to put up and 
stick up with it for another little while. And we're sick, tired, sad, sore and sorry of the whole blasted mess. People think, oh, PJ loves talking about... No, I don't. I hate it. I'm sick of it. It has outstayed its welcome like nothing ever. We're all tired of it. And it's getting on top of it. It's getting on top of us. All of us at this stage. Phoebe Webb has been has been writing about it. Phoebe, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. Thanks so much for having me on again. I think this that's a fair assessment. We're sick of it now. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean and even even people who say, ah sure, I'm just getting on with it. I think secretly some of them are lying. They just I'm sick of it. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think like we're doing such a good job of trying to just sort of, you know, move on with our lives and trying to live every day as if it's not really happening and, you know, doing our best. Um, but we we are all suffering, even those who think maybe it's not affecting them so much. Um, because we are, I'm, you know, I'm getting clients coming to me saying, you know, I'm looking after myself. I think I'm doing well, but I'm just, I'm so tired all the time or, you know, I'm feeling really blue. And, and I'm like, yeah, because think about the last two years, you know, even when we're doing our best to look after ourselves, it can still affect us in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, the, the whole thing about, well, you get on with it and you do what you can you get a flat moment and a flat or a flat day and then it's okay the next day but you find more flat days coming together and the news like we know is coming from Leinster House this evening an awful lot of people are going oh my god not more of it how do you deal yeah, with that? yeah yeah oh well I mean yeah that's kind of um how long it's a piece of string it's it's a really tough one and even, you know, I had some plans over Christmas to, you know, meet friends for dinner and stuff like that. And now they're kind of saying, you know, restaurants are going to have to close at five. And um, so what I've been doing is I've just been texting people and trying to arrange things to see people in a safe way that, you know, is not going to be affected. You know, going for walks, going for hikes, um, perhaps maybe doing a Christmas swim, you know, those kind of things. Because when we have to start planning things that rely on things like venues and stuff like that unfortunately I think we're just going to be disappointed so instead of kind of relying on the other things I'm trying to kind of you know create plans that I can just kind of that I know I can keep with my friends and with my family we we have had to learn that haven't we Phoebe we've learned to adapt our expectations as in even if everything looks just fine plan for it not to be and that's hard to adapt to. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's it's really unfortunate, but, you know, because I think last Christmas we were kind of, you know, we put our heads down and we said, OK, we'll, we'll just get on with it. And then next Christmas, you know, it'll be so much better. And we're in the same, if not worse, situation this time round. And I think that's why, like last year, we kind of, we still had that energy and we still had that hope. And we've been going through it then again for the for the final, you know, for, for this year. And I think people are, they're just, they're just really fed up and they, and they don't really know where to turn to or, or what to do. Mm. Um, and what I've been kind of helping people with is kind of just really looking at like themselves and what they can do for themselves to make themselves feel better. So whether that's kind of like you were just saying there about that, that mother being, um, you know, tears in her eyes because her daughter was so appreciative of the food that she was making her. 
you can do that for your family. You know, you can you, you can create a meal. You can create something maybe for a friend. You know, even if you just drop it off at the door and, you know, take a few steps back or something and you can kind of have a chat and you can make them these kind of um, foodie kind of gifts, which is always really nice, I think, when you, you know, you when you gift someone some, some food or you make some food for yourself. Um, so just doing little things kind of for yourself that are going to nourish you and make you feel good. There's there's not a lot that we can do on the outside, you know, with what's going on, but we can certainly control how we feel and how to make ourselves feel better in that situation. Yeah, we, we, we've, I've been saying it since day one that we, we need to learn to take big joy from little things. And it can be a tiny, tiny thing. Like someone, literally someone makes you a cup of coffee and a slice of toast when you weren't expecting it. You take joy. From yeah. It. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, my sister uh, lives in the town, um, the same town that I live in. And we've been doing that. You know, she makes me um, really nice food. And then I made some bone broth and stuff. So, you know, we, we might not kind of see each other that often to try and keep safe and stuff. But, you know, we do these little things for each other. And it's and it is. It's really, really nice to do something like that for someone else. So, Phoebe, for people who are obviously dreading what we'll get this evening from the Taoiseach and, you know, they're, they're, they're feeling very dark heading into Christmas. Any, any words of advice, simple words of advice that they could take? Well, what I've been, you know, working on with, with myself as, as well as my clients is, it's again, kind of focusing on the things that you kind of, you can control and the things that you can surround yourself with. So thinking about things that you enjoy, that you know that you can still do. So for example, for me, that is making food or it's baking or it's reading or going for a walk and listening to a podcast, you know, little things like that, that I can do that people aren't taking away from me. Um, so to focus on things like that, what I kind of tend to get people to do is, um, you know, rip a piece of paper out of a notebook and just write down all the silly things that you enjoy doing. And then just kind of say, okay, I'm going to focus on these things over the Christmas period. And it, it kind of excites you and it, you, because you know you can plan these things and you know you can do them. Whereas if you're planning to, you know, maybe go to a gig or go to a restaurant or do something like that, you're like, well, I've planned this thing, but I don't know if I can actually go and do it. So it's kind of, a, you know, it's there's a bit of a, you know, you don't really know if you can do these things. So plan things that you know you can do. Um, and also just take the time you know, a lot of us tend to try and, you know, live as if these things aren't happening, live as if winter isn't coming or live as if, you know, this pandemic isn't really happening. But try and embrace this kind of season as well. It is the season to slow down. It is the season to kind of nourish yourself from the inside as well. Um, and take that time to just slow down and relax and do those kind of things for yourself. There's there's actually a particular book that I've been obsessed with over the last kind of few weeks and I've been telling everyone about it and it's called Wintering by Catherine May and honestly if you're feeling in any way down at the moment this book will just give you that hug that you need and it'll just you know reassure you and you know kind of allow you to embrace the season that we're in as well and that I found that really particularly helpful. Wintering by Catherine May. 
Yeah, and Catherine spelt with a K. <laughs> Catherine, you probably get that in any good bookstore or it's probably on the Kindle store or some one of those. Yeah, Phoebe, exactly. Phoebe, yeah. Have, a, have a good Christmas and thanks for being with us again on The Opinion Line. That's Phoebe Webb. We are all sick and tired of it. Sick to the back teeth. I trust me, we are. If it wasn't my job to talk about it, I wouldn't want to. But you can get through it with little things. Wintering by Catherine May. We'll have to look that book up. On going out alone, I love time to myself. Every Christmas, my husband gifts me a pampering weekend in Inchidani just for me. And it's bliss. I'm 47 with a partner and kids. I went to Qatar and India four years ago on my own. Had a fabulous time. Deirdre says, yes, PJ, I love going for lunch on my own. I went to Spain on my own a couple of times. Sinead, I travel the world on my own. It was one of the most liberating experiences. It feels so good to make decisions for yourself. What surprised me a little with Deb was she's 24 and this was kind of a new thing for her. And I'm wondering, I don't know, is it that, you know, people tend to spend more time together these days and being on your own is unusual? Strange one. Yeah, <clears throat> here's a question on vaccines. Um, why do we not get given the percentage of vaccinated people among the daily case numbers. Ever since the vaccine rollout, surely they should be including them. That's an extremely good question and one I think I discussed with Liam Fanning or one of our regular contributors a few weeks ago. And the answer to one question I haven't got yet because I I don't know anybody who's been tested of late, who's had PCR of late. So maybe someone can tell me when you go for a test, these days, do they ask you if you've been vaccinated and do they make a note of it? Maybe someone can tell me that. Who's been tested in the last while. Do they ask you if you've been vaccinated? Uh, and uh, and do they make a note of it? Then maybe we'll know whether they're actually taking that information. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. The Darkness have announced plans to bring their Motorheart Tour to Cypress Avenue in February 2022. The UK Rockers return to Cypress Avenue for the show, taking place on Saturday 26th of February with tickets on sale now from the venue's website. Access all areas. Rising Irish five-piece Just Mustard have just shared the first listen of their new anticipated album. It's set for release in 2022 and they return to Cork for a show at Cypress Avenue on Thursday, January 20th. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by mailing us here at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. On Quark's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quark's 96FM. So we let that sit with you for a little while. Couple of things. First of all, still taking some of those special moments of 2021. I have another one to share with you for myself. And any special moment that just made you smile or made you realise that there's more to life than bloody COVID. Anything like that. 083 396 96 96. Also let this one sit with you too. Um, With regards being tested 
anyone who's been for the PCR test at any stage in the last couple of weeks or months, did they ask you if you're vaccinated? And did they make a note of it? Because we're trying to work out whether they are taking note of that. Because someone was on to say, well, why don't we know how many people who are positive every day are vaccinated? And how do we know how many people who are in hospital? And the hospital numbers are going down, which is great. How many people who are in hospital are vaccinated? So when you're tested, are you asked, are you vaccinated? 1850-715-996. Beautiful book in front of me. Two volumes of, in fact, called United We Play, which was written by a woman called Faye Hayden. Uh, but the beneficiary of the book was everyone who reads it, obviously, but particularly Paula Kerr and her family. Paula, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Thank uh, you for having having the conversation. Delighted. Now, you are the beneficiary, or your family is the beneficiary of this book. I'll talk to you about that in a little while, but tell me about the book. So the book was written was the brainchild of Faye Hayden, who is a remarkable lady who has so many hats on that I can't even begin to tell you. Um, she she does a lot of work with young people and she is an activist, really. And um, she has a lot of challenges in her own family. Um, her son, Patrick, who's a beautiful young man, um, is autistic and has had many challenges you know, trying to, to, to get the resources he needs within the services that exist. Uh-huh. So Faye got in touch with us because she heard about Archie, George and Isaac, um, our three sons, who all unfortunately um, have a rare disease called Duchenne. And what she, Faye decided to do, her contribution was that she wrote the first book. And what it does is it educates all of us about children that have additional needs and that perhaps are labeled as disabled um, or challenging behaviors and things like that. And what she does is she makes, you know, they're real stories of real children that have exceptional challenges. But actually, the thing that unites all children, whether they have these challenges or not, is the ability to play. Yeah. And if you ever see children, you know, they gravitate towards each other and have such honesty and integrity in their interaction that perhaps we lose as we age. And although the book is written for children, my honest opinion is really it's us adults that need to read it. Um, and they're just lovely rhymes and stories of these children and their lives and just how beautiful they all are. Mm. I like how that, much I like that point that you made because I, I've always said this, that children don't see difference and don't know prejudice. They are shown it and Absolutely. taught it by the adults in their lives. Absolutely. And I think it's really, you know, if you... I, I, I won't start because I have a particular thing about racism. You know, I, I signed up to the anti-Nazi League as a 13-year-old and told a fib and pretended I was 16. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you ever see children playing, they're not interested in where that child has come from. They're just meeting each other in that moment and being very appreciative of that experience. And I, I agree with you completely, PJ. We we are conditioned by the people around us and we take on those opinions and views as young children. And that's why this book is, these books are so important and we would love to see them in schools everywhere because they really make us adults pause, I think, for all the reasons you've just said. And um, that's a valuable gift to the children, but also to us. Okay. All right. And they're available. And there's actually a, a special Christmas offer where the two volumes 
I should have mentioned there are two volumes. The two volumes are available for a special Christmas price and you can find them through Instagram, uh, United We Play. Or you can go on to www.joinourboys.org and um, you can buy them buy them through there for people that aren't on Instagram. Okay. Um, I, your boys have Duchenne. I, I've heard of it um, because I remember speaking to um, a, a woman a few years ago about her son who had it, but you've three, you've three lads. That's 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 tough going. It's yeah, it's it's it's. Look, I'm a nurse. I'd never heard of Duchenne muscular dystrophy. My husband is the nurse. We neither of us had ever heard of it. We have no family history of the disease. It's a catastrophic muscle wasting disease, and unfortunately, you know, to put it crudely. It affects muscles and the children become paralyzed from the feet up. So our situation now is the three boys are paralyzed and they're getting weaker every day. They're now struggling to use their arms. And unfortunately, there is no government support, you know, practical support for our family because we both work. We have to work because we have a mortgage. So our community, we set up the trust and we're building a house. We've nearly finished the house. It won't be owned by us. We didn't want to own the house because we hope in the future it might benefit somebody else. But it's been a challenge, Pete. It's just, you know, it's been an absolute challenge. And the only reason we're able to do all the work we do around research, the house and conferences is because of the generosity of the general public. We would be lost without that. So, you know, thank you to anyone that's ever supported the trust. At the moment, um, we've got, we were very lucky. We've been donated two PS5s now and we're running a raffle in Ireland and in the UK. We've just started one in the UK. So if people want to log on to, again, www.joinourboys.org, they can, you know, they, they might want to fancy their chances at winning a PS in time for Christmas, but also they're, you know, they're, they're helping what we consider to be a good cause. Nobody in the trust is paid. It's all volunteers, extraordinary humans. So Fantastic. thank you for the opportunity. Fantastic. You've, they're Archie and George and Isaac. The George and Isaac are 11-year-old twins and Archie is 16 today, I'm told. Today, absolutely. When, do you know, it's a really awful thing to say as a parent, but when, when they were diagnosed on that fateful day in 2012, we never dreamed we'd get to this day. And so it's it's... It's bittersweet because obviously, you know, Archie has many dreams and hopes and... Um, you know, he can't do the, all the things he'd love to do. But as I say, he's the happiest person I know. And, um, yeah, and we're so happy that he's got to 16. So thank you. All right. Well, wish you all well. And uh, good luck with the everything you do with the trust and everything for your three lovely lads. And United We Play are the two books. You can buy them as one. Stories of Mothers and Others on Insta. Stories of Mothers and Others are indeed go to joinourboys.org. 1850-715-996. Yeah, and now we're getting some different responses. I had a test on Tuesday that came to the house and I was asked if I had my vaccinations and my booster. I was also asked before at a testing centre. Joanna needed a PCR test before going to the airport. Wasn't asked if she was vaccinated or not. Carla said I've been for several PCR tests. Was never asked if I've been vaccinated. And Bailey, that's our own Bailey, is with it today. I was vaccinated in July, needed a PCR test in August and was never asked if I was vaccinated or not. So it seems to differ from caller to caller. We wonder, is it an action? What is the policy? Do they ask people if they have been vaccinated? Because 
Listen, hey, and I'm just I'm just a goal on the radio, so I don't know. I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but I would have thought that it would be important to know for for statistics, like because we're doing how many did we do? I'll just open the app. Give me a second. Talk among yourselves for thirty seconds till I open the app. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, how many did they do? They did two hundred and twenty thousand seven hundred ninety three tests in the last seven days up to last evening. Like, if they had asked all those people where they vaccinated, you'd have a pretty good picture, wouldn't you? 1850 715 Some more of your special moments coming in, and I will get to them. And there's lots of them there, and some really lovely ones. Some simple ones, some not so simple. Talking to Adam Higgins earlier on this morning about what is, or might, or probably will be coming from Neffet later today and from the government more than that later today we are fairly sure that within the Neffet recommendations uh, is yes the hospitality the pubs and the restaurants and all of that but attached to that is that all theatres and cinemas and stuff like that would close at 5pm from next Monday now if that were to happen it might have serious consequences for panto season and our friends at the Everyman, of course, uh, have running Aladdin since uh, last week, the week before, and it's going down a storm. It's a really, really great show, really beautiful show, uh, and going down a storm. But one would be worried about the implications of having to shut down at five o'clock. Sean Kelly is CEO of the Everyman. Sean, good morning. Hi, PJ. Thanks for having me on. We're 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 in something of a vacuum now in that we believe this is a recommendation. We don't know whether the government will act upon it, but what implications would it have? Well, it does have huge implications for us. Um, I mean, in a, re- in a regular year, just to get it illustrated, our panto would be about 25% of our income. Um, uh, but it's much more than that this year because we had such long periods of closure at the start of the year. Um, so then we lost 50% of our capacity Um and then um, and now we have one more kind of situation to react to here. So it would have a huge impact on on our on our year and our viability going forward. Mm. I mean, you don't have a matinee every day. And even if you moved some nighttime performances to daytime, you still wouldn't make them all up. And that's not as simple as it sounds either. Um, no, it's not. There's thousands of people booked into evening shows. Um, a lot of those are on weekdays, obviously, so you can't just bring it forward because people are working. And on weekends, we already have matinees, so that slot is used. Um, and there's limits to what you can ask the cast to do in terms of like performances back to back. Panto is a very is a very physical activity. So it's very, um, you know, it's very, that's very challenging. But I mean, we've reacted to everything, every problem so far and found solutions. And we we will try to do so again if this is what happens. But this yeah. is probably one of the most difficult problems we've faced yet. Would, would you consider it a harsh move? Um, I mean, I suppose it is. I mean, obviously, public safety is the single most important yes. thing. And we've worked really hard to, to keep the public safe. And we've got all kinds of measures in place and are fully compliant public guidelines. So but it's 
I mean, what I would say is it's go- it's very difficult on our sector. Um, you know, we're certainly not, you know, it's not like there's a load of drunk people coming out of pantos or filling up the streets or causing those kind of issues. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm not a disease expert. I'm not going to yeah, go yeah. and be give, you know, yeah. but contradicting method on those it, grounds. It would be very difficult to deal with if you have to deal with it. But like you said, dealing with it, you will if you if you have to. And we'll, we'll know in a few hours anyway, Sean, um, and hopefully, hopefully it won't come to pass. But it looks like it might, uh, that uh, pantos, theatres, cinemas and all that would have to shut at five o'clock in the evening from next Monday. If it comes to pass, as Sean Kelly said, they'll find a way to deal with it. But we'll know later in the day. Uh, Aladdin continuing as of tonight and right across the weekend. Aladdin continues at the every man. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, some more of your special moments uh, coming in. We've had a great response to this this morning. Some of them really big, some of them absolutely tiny, and then the tiniest moment can be huge for you in any given circumstance like uh, my 8 year old daughter who has additional needs and ASD put on her own pyjamas I nearly burst with happiness oh I can really really identify with that and here's one that says woke up this morning feeling very low been out of work since last week as we're isolated and restricted because of COVID cleared to go back to work next week will I have a job to go to I don't know I work in hospitality I got into my daughter's bed and we hugged for a very long time. It lifted my spirits. I can't wait to squeeze my other daughter. She's free on Monday. That's nice. That's nice. Any special moment for you during 2021 that brought a, a smile to your face? I have my second one, which I'll, I'll share with you in a while. It's a, it's, it's a silly one. It's a silly one. I think we there's a picture up on Twitter of it. But anyway, we've talked... I don't know how many times about... Oh, yeah, before I do this, uh, Riverdance. If you want to go to see Riverdance, Live at the Marquee in July, thanks to our friends at Aiken Promotions, two tickets again to give away today. You text the word Riverdance and your name. Text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Okay, 083-396-9696. Text to WhatsApp and then we'll draw somebody's name. We'll call you back and then you choose whether you want to answer a question about rivers or a question about dances you choose the question I ask the question should you get it right you're off the marquee simple as that and we'll also do free panto Friday so we've busy last hour so I better get and talk to to Breda about something we've talked to or talked about a fair few times and that is the sizes of women's clothing Breda is from BOC Image Consulting Breda when is a 12 not a 12 when it's another 12, Hi. it should be a 12. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? This is a constant Yeah, problem. I know. It is a constant problem and I see it literally on the daily with my clients. Um, and the thing is, there's just so many different layers to the issue. And I suppose it's to kind of become aware of that, that it's not more times than often it's not you, it's the industry. Mm-hmm. And to become aware of the different 
elements at play and empower yourself with that knowledge when you are actually going shopping. Now, there's an amount of it in men's clothes too, which means I only ever buy jeans from the same outlet because I know their their cuts will fit me. It, but it's much more so in, in women's clothes. And what I can never understand is, like, if you take up a ruler, a ruler is a foot long. A foot is a foot. Yeah. A yard is a yard. Yeah. A metre is a metre. <laughs> so whatever a 12 is supposed to be, I don't know what a 12 is supposed to be, but surely a 12 is a 12 is a 12 is a 12 is a 12. But you think so. And like when you say there's, there's issues in men's sizes, it's, it's actually even more exasperated completely when it comes to women's clothing because the thing is, I suppose, um, generally the kind of proportions of a men's body are more or less, you know, standard. Like a, there's yes. difference in the weights and sizes, but the actual proportions of the body are more or less standard. Whereas with right. the, a woman's body, it's completely different. So what might fit, let's take a size small, for example, that might fit one lady on her waist, but it might not fit over her hips or she might have to size up to accommodate a larger bust size. So it's completely a minefield, even more so with women's bodies. And I suppose standardized sizing doesn't really exist across the industry. There is actually no industry standard. Um, And clothing sizes, as we now know them, were based on the first sizing charts, which kind of happened back to the 1940s and went through the 50s and 60s at a time, I suppose, um, around World War II when women were in the workforce and they needed clothing. And the clothing today sometimes is still based on that and women's bodies have changed so much in yeah. those decades. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a whole other, lot of other elements at play now where the large clothing brands in the high street that we would buy from, they're sourcing their clothes from different countries and all of these different countries have different sizing charts and international sizing is different to European, to US sizing. Um, It all all comes back to my question, Breda, like a foot in Ireland and a foot (laughs) in Missouri or a foot in Shanghai or a foot in Botswana. They're all the same. But when you say 12, like 12 what? That's the thing like, like it's 12 what? It's 10 what? How do they figure it out? Exactly. And it is, and it's like back in the day, clothing sizes started when they first went out, came out, they started at an eight. Whereas now in the US, it starts at a zero, which then is actually a four in European sizes. So like there's two sizes even, of difference. How is that so even allowed? Like not, how not, is it even allowed? It's not regulated. Um, and the thing is as well, the brands now, what came into play on top of everything else that was already confusing, what came into play around the 80s was vanity sizing, where brands would artificially... Um, you know, reduce the sizes to make it more appealing because I suppose women lots of times are ruled by numbers, be it on a scale or on a label. And, you know, as much as we like to think differently and as much as we try not to fall into the trap, you know, you do get that little pep in your step if you think you're a size smaller and brands are aware of that. And brands will structure their sizing around their target audience and the person that they assume their customer to be, the age profile, the demographic a lot more than a foot long, as you say, or a meter long. That's kind of not the basis of it at all. So, mm. yeah, it is It is a big issue and um, it caused a lot of problems. You know, it's very frustrating um, yeah. at the most basic level, but, you know, it goes a hell of a lot deeper than that when it starts to affect it, someone's self-esteem and, and, and you become deflated. I've, I've spoken to people. I spoke to one <clears throat> young woman um, and she said, like, she... She was recovering from an eating disorder and doing very well, yeah. thank you very much, until she yeah. went to buy a pair of jeans and she thought yeah. she was a 10. And in this particular yeah. shop, she was bet into a 14. 
Yeah. And she yeah. said it very nearly caused a relapse. And absolutely. And it does. And these things trigger and these numbers and, you know, we take our clues of our worth and we affirm ourselves based on what's accepted to be normal and what the standard is out there. And yeah, this, this is what happens. And there's actually, um, there's a company in the US um, and they, what they do is they provide a service to help women to find sizes that actually fit true to size. And they did a study where they took 10,000 pairs of jeans within the same size and they found that there was a discrepancy of up to five inches between jeans that were all marked as being a size 10. Um, and like they also found that the average woman is actually between a range of three sizes. And I find that with my own clients that, you know, very few women are actually one size. There'll be a different size top and bottom. And there'll certainly be a different size shop to shop and brand to brand. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too is, and 12s and 14s and 10s carried their own problem. But I'm sorry, Breda, what pervert came up with the idea of SML and XL with no numbers on them? I know. This is what they call um, the ad hoc sizing. So basically, this is just makes it easier, I suppose, for the manufacturer and, you know, capitalism. And it makes it a hell of a lot easier to make S, M and L or even X, S, S, M, L and XL. Let's say that's five sizes as opposed to the whole range of sizing. Um, I suppose in one way they might say that it makes it a bit more inclusive, makes it easier. But again, that's throwing a whole lot more of into the mix of confusion and what is an M. And then again, as I said, I mentioned vanity sizing. So very often what's actually an S can be labeled as an M and then there's a knock-on effect and sizes are going up and up and up. And if someone is a size 12 and they're fitting into an S, well then what's a person who's a size 6 or 8 fit into? So it just makes no sense and there isn't an answer to it, unfortunately. I think you just have to become very aware of what brands work for you um, and focus more on what works for your shape as opposed to the number on the label and the size. Um, what works for your own proportions and zone into the fabric and the different cuts of clothing and the different hemlines and waistbands that work for your body and your shape and get to know what works for you and what brands serve you best as opposed to getting hung up on the size. And it's easy for someone to say, look, it's only a number. You're not going to look at it and no one is going to come up behind you and examine the number. But That's that's oversimplification too, isn't it? It is. I mean, and, you know, in in your rational mind and in your educated mind and even having this knowledge that I'm talking about today, that there is no standard, you know, it is based on branding, it is based on marketing, even knowing all that, something niggles sometimes and you do, you know, you can get very pulled in by the number. So I suppose realizing and saying it out loud and hearing someone like me say it isn't you and it isn't that you've got the COVID pounds or you've suddenly your body's completely changed after having a baby. You know, it is that you have to bear in mind all these things, different sizing charts, no standard, vanity sizing, branding, marketing, all of these things. Um, and to realize that that is the truth. It's not a lie. It's not, you're, oh, you're not making yourself feel a bit better about yourself by thinking that that's actually just the reality of the situation. Yeah, yeah it's an unfortunate problem, but it's not going to go anywhere because the industry, I like the industry clearly doesn't care. They realize it's a problem. I mean, it's no secret that there's an issue. But again, like that, and then you see with the way we shop now, so different and online shopping and you mm. have these Asian brands coming through <laughs> with low cost clothing and there's a whole other size, set of sizes. Yeah. And there's actually a statistic that 40% of all online returns are due to sizing issues. So it is a prevalent issue. Um, it is not going away, unfortunately, in the near future. 
the only way I think that you can find a solution and work around it, as I say, is to go into the shops, try on the clothes, dress for your shape and what fits good on you and makes you feel good. You'll know when you look in the mirror what makes you feel good and try to close your mind a little bit to the sizing and the marketing, what's been kind of shoved down our throats and just focus on what looks good to you and what feels good to you when you look in the mirror. All right, listen, Breda, thank you very much. That's Breda O'Connell from BOC Image Consulting. Loads of people, <clears throat> sorry, loads of people will be buying clothes the next week for to have clothes for Christmas. And the 12 is not a 12, and a 14 is not a 14, and a 14 in one shop is a 12 in the other, and a 10. So, oh, I'm glad I'm a fella. I really am. 1850-715-996. My dad puts smiles on our faces during lockdown, says that message. My granddaughter in Kildare is 10. She asked Santa for snow and to take COVID away. That made me smile. Happy Christmas to all. i give you my second one. Uh, I think the picture's up on Twitter. Um, we were on holidays in the summertime. <clears throat> and we were up in, um, up in the north. But we went across to Donegal. There's a fantastic, and if anyone's ever in Donegal, it's a place called Five Fingers Cove. It's a beach, very famous beach, beautiful beach. And up over that in the mountains, it's a place called the Wild Alpaca Way. It's an alpaca farm. It's about 20 or 30 uh, alpacas. And we were there in 2020, and the place was closed. So he was open this year. And we went up, and it just so happened that the day we were booked in, was the day the heat wave broke. So we drove to Donegal, left where we were in blistering sunshine, had the shorts on, of course, dressed for Spain, like, because that's what it was like. Arrived in Donegal, it was chucking it down out of the heavens over Five Fingers Cove. And on top of the mountain, apart from that, there was a cloud sitting on top of the mountain. So it was absolutely Horrible, like what happened to the summer? So then we got our alpacas and they're gorgeous animals. They're lovely, placid animals who are really comfortable around people. And you get them, you get a lead and you take this beautiful creature for a walk and then you feed them and it's lovely. They really are lovely, lovely creatures. And then they go up and there's a little hut at the top of the mountain. No, it was chucking it down. I was soaked to the skin. <laughs> no change of clothes. None. In the car. And I have a picture of me with the alpaca. He's got a hat on him. My hat. Right? A me with the alpaca. And I have a big, stupid grin on my face. And the missus said to me recently, we were out having a bite to eat. And she said, you know what? That was the best thing we ever did and the best fun we ever had on any holiday anywhere up the side of a mountain in Donegal and pissing her in with an alpaca so that made me smile Can we just talk The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With McCarthy Insurance Group Call in person or call them now They don't just talk the talk They walk the walk CMIG.ie we're back to the music. The Quartz 96 FM music panel gives you the power to pick our playlist. Click 96FM.ie now. 96FM.ie now. Just like this.
Take the 10-minute survey and you could win a 100 euro Just Eat voucher. The power to pick what we play. Pick what we play. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Join the Quark's 96FM music panel. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or see 96FM.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Right, if you want to do free Panto Friday with us right now, two sets of tickets to give away to January the 12th, two family passes to January the 12th, Aladdin at the Everyman. So give me a shout now. 083-396-9696. The word Panto and your name, all right? The word panto and your name, and then the answer to this question. Why does Jasmine leave the palace at the beginning of the show? Is it A, to find a new job, or B, to see the city for the first time? So, why does Jasmine leave the palace at the beginning of the show, Aladdin? Is it A, to find a new job, or B, to see the city for the first time. So, Panto, your name, and A or B. All right? Panto, your name, and A or B to OH3. 396-9696. Two sets of family tickets for January 12th. <clears throat> now, Danny, you, you've got a premises, which is great news. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what is Connect Recovery? Good morning. How are you, PJ? Um, Connect Recovery, um, it was basically kind of set up through the year, but with COVID and stuff, and, you know, we had premises and it fell through and stuff, so it's kind of been on the back burner for a while. Um, but basically what Connect Recovery is, it's an initiative that was set up for people in men in early recovery, um, just a space where we can meet up to three times a week. Um, to be coached boxing. You know, I was involved in boxing for 20 years myself. Addiction, myself addiction Recovery, is it, Danny? Sorry? Addiction recovery, yeah? yeah? Addiction recovery, yeah. Sorry, PJ. It's for uh, addiction recovery, yeah. Sure. Um, so You boxed yourself. So years. that's kind of basically... Yeah, we I'm involved in boxing for a while, enough, 20 years. Um, I'm in recovery myself, 10 years. Um, and I suppose the kind of emphasis on the whole initiative as well is that is to kind of take away from the substance. You know, there's a lot of stigma that recovery is all about the substance. Um, you know, and a lot of the attention can go on just getting away from the, sub, the substance and the underlying issues can kind of be ignored um, and people in recovery can get in fierce trouble with mental health. Mm. Um, and I suppose it's just kind of a, an awareness around that, that, um, you know, as well as the substance, obviously if you go back, if you're using the substance, then, then you, you know, your, your kind of recovery is, is over. But when you've achieved abstinence from a substance, that those underlying issues that you can, you know, that kind of come up, have a chat about them, address them in whatever way, you know. And um, it's just kind of just awareness around that as well, the mental health aspect of, of recovery, you know. There's something about boxing, isn't there? I was talking earlier in the year to a remarkable corkman called James Chisholm, who runs a boxing uh, gym in the UK, and he takes young lads off the streets and teaches them to box. And he's got dozens of them now have gone clean, from the drugs and the drink, and they've just gone on to, some of them have gone on to represent the club and, and win trophies. There's something about boxing, Danny. Do you know what it is? 
Um, I, you know, there's a great discipline to it, but you know, like it's healthy endorphins, I suppose. Um, like a lot of people as well that are in, in recovery and stuff, with the emotional, um, with the emotional kind of underlying stuff, they might have been comfortable with themselves as children to kind of be on team sports, you know. Um, and it's kind of a thing to be able to work out in themselves, you know, that I am. Um, you know, it's an individual thing, but when you're all working out together, maybe there's a bit of camaraderie to it, you know, so it's not just kind of designated to the one sport, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. <clears throat> and in England have a couple of initiatives like that, you know, there's more more initiatives, a broader approach to recovery, um, kind of community-based initiatives, you know, that maybe aren't anonymous, that kind of, you know, it's kind of, you can visually see people engaging in recovery, um and recovering and knowing where to go and you know what to kind of be it's just more uh, I think we're kind of lacking a bit behind in England and other countries and is there a in thing terms as well, of that with recovery yeah there's a bit of a delay in the line. is there a thing as well that like yes you do recovery and you may do it alone or you may have a sponsor or whatever but if there's t- 9 or 10 or 12 of you however many are, are boxing together once a week or doing any kind of activity but boxing say in this case once a week then you're supporting each other. Exactly, yeah. And that kind of explains the name, like Connect Recovery, um, because of the isolation with addiction. And young people know at the minute, you know, and I think we can kind of separate addiction and and mental health, you know, and put it into boxes, you know, and people that are addicted to heroin, uh, their, their pain is different to people that drink, um, you know, and we're kind of boxing people in. Whereas if we approach, you know, addiction and st- recent studies are really showing like that there's real underlying conditions. So with mm-hmm. the Connect Recovery, it's not just about connecting with other people, which is a great, which will be a great um, part of this initiative. But it's kind of connecting with yourself, you know, yeah. and finding out like, you know, I was seven years in recovery myself yeah. um, and my mental health really deteriorated over them seven years. You know, I'm in recovery 10 years now at the minute, but because I didn't deal with anything, you see. Um, I just concentrated on the substance. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, I think in addiction as well, with, like, it's a great way to kind of point the finger, like I'm drinking every night of the week, but I'm not downtown, you know. We can kind of separate ourselves, where it's more of just, rather than an addict, an alcoholic, you know, it's kind of a human condition. Um, and I think that's the way things are going with approaching addiction. Oh, it's a human addiction. We have young generations in pain. And why are we producing young generations that need to self-medicate at such a high rate? These are the questions, you know. But it's very easy for society, I suppose, and families to kind of look at the substance. Like if I had a drink problem, when I put on drink, then my problem should have been over. Um, but, it, it, you know, I don't know you're watching, it's like even outside substance substance misuse and really the more how people deal with their emotions. I was watching uh, Sean Freddie Flintoff um, two nights ago. I don't know, did you see it? Um, he's eating this all, you know. He's struggling with bulimia. And at the end, he's sitting down with him, like, and he kept going on about the food, the food, the food. Like, and he said, you don't understand, like, that, you know, food isn't your problem, you know. It's 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 the stuff that's underlying that's drawing this in, you know. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's just funny. kind of creating a conversation, approaching it from that, you know. Our, our, <clears throat> a great friend of the show, um, Michael Gearan from Brewery, has often said that here to us on The Opinion. And he said, look, nobody wakes up in the morning and decides they're going to become an, an addict. There's a reason. Yeah. They don't know the reason an awful lot of the time, but there's a reason. And when you dig down deep into someone in the course of recovery and therapy, sometimes you'll get to that point where you know the reason. Sometimes you won't. 
Exactly, yeah. You have to get to the root, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got like your recovery we said in the, the addiction tree, you know. So you've all different addictions, so you've substance misuse, behavioural addictions, could be gambling, sex, does 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 a wide array of them there, you know? Yeah. And if you stop drinking and you just cut to one branch and you don't go to the root, then something else will flare up the anxiety that's in within an individual is still burning away all the time, you know? Yeah. And it's just kinda of getting down to the root of that. Um it's very you know, it's very achievable. Um, it's you know as I say it's very hard to do it in isolation um, and you know and that's kind of what we're just trying to do is kind of to bring it out and get a conversation started of why you know the old Garber Mate you know he's a, um, a physician in Canada he does a lot of research around addiction and stuff and was, like he, he has a question he the two Norris on their podcast recently yeah. that's right yeah. that's right that's right and he, he has a, he asks a question not why the addiction why the pain you know so and when people start looking at why the pain you're not walking, you're like, there's a lot of judgment when you can walk through town and like, it's very visible what drug, drugs and addiction are doing to us in our society today, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's very easy to be judging saying, she's thank God I only have a couple of drinks and you've words like junkie and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have no idea what happened to that person. Like, they didn't like you, you've them. highly, you've they highly traumatized walking around the place, you know? So They didn't choose that. They don't want that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the premises that you've got, you're going to start, you're starting a group in January, I think. Yeah, we're starting a group in January. I just want to thank while I'm on, actually, uh, John Morrissey with the Golden Gloves Boxing Club above in Churchfield because um, I was kind of hit and miss with with premises, as I said, due to COVID and stuff. And I kind of rang John and told him what we were doing. Um, myself and the brother, and there's another friend of mine, Tom, there, we're kind of getting, you know, we kind of started off this thing. And I was half a try explaining it. He said, yeah, no problem. Um, you know, that's kind of what it's there for boxing clubs or real community-based initiatives anyway. So, so the, yeah, do we kind of have our premises now and we're already kind of start moving forward. So how does someone who's been interested in our conversation get involved, Danny? How do they contact you or do they contact you? What to do? Yeah, well, uh, I can give, I don't know, I can leave my phone number here or... or have you, um, have you a Facebook well, we or, a, or a website? Yeah, we have a Twitter page. Uh, the Twitter page is at Recovery Boxing. Um, and the Instagram page is Connect Recovery. Okay. Um, and my my own details there as well. If anyone gets in contact, if anyone that wants to get involved in any way, if they want to to kind of sign up in recovery boxing, they want to get involved okay. at a coaching or you know, there's there's plenty of roles there for anyone that wants to get involved in it. All right. Good good luck to you with it, Danny. It's a fabulous initiative, and uh, best of luck with it setting up in January. That's Danny Connect Recovery, Connect Recovery on Instagram, Recovery Boxing on Twitter. And they'll be starting uh, a group in Churchfield in January. 1850 couple of things to <clears throat> to clear up. Um, on the subject of going out alone, and we had some fun earlier on this morning with Dev about going out alone, and I was saying how much I enjoy it, and a lot of people were texting in to say they've done this alone and that alone. Uh, I get this topic going out alone, says this message. It's not signed. Uh, but please share a thought for those who always go out alone who don't have someone else to share a chat or a coffee with. This time of the year is difficult enough for them. I think this conversation makes them feel even worse. Thankfully, I'm not in that place now, but it was for many years, and I think some sensitivity <clears throat> is needed at this time of the year. Point taken. Point taken. Not everybody likes being out alone, particularly if it's not all the time, and particularly if it's not all you've got. Yeah, that's that's very true. Leo Baradjar has just tweeted... Tornishta, um has just tweeted 420 in hospital today, down 
from the peak a few weeks ago. We were winning the fight against Delta. Now Omicron is coming when we're at our most vulnerable. Winter, Christmas, flu season. It's a cruel virus. We're all feeling anger, frustration, dismay, depression. But that can't deflect us from making the right decisions to keep our people safe. Sounds to me like they're going to take Neffert's advice on board. We'll know more, we'll know more later in the day. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996 On Cork's 96FM. Gavin on Twitter is given out a little bit. Because uh, we were talking to Sean from the Everyman about the possible implications for the panto of what is about to be announced this evening. And he said, panto? How about people's businesses, mental health, jobs? In all fairness, says he, panto. Gavin, have you any idea how big an industry panto is at this time of the year? How many hundreds of people are involved working in Panto, and how many thousands of families go to see it every year. It's an enormous business. And I know there's, there's loads of businesses are going to suffer. Loads of them are going to suffer if <clears throat> what's supposed to happen today actually happens. But Panto is one of the ones that will be particularly badly affected this time out. Last year, didn't have Pantos, so they weren't affected. But this year, they got off the ground They've followed every possible instruction and rule and public health advice. And now they could be told this evening, it can't can't happen. So it's worth mentioning, I thought. So, if we can't go out over the Christmas, we're going to be spending an awful lot of time in front of the telly. And something that I do this weekend, the weekend for Christmas, I've been doing it since I was a kid and I will do it again even though these days it tends to sit on the coffee table um, doing nothing it might get glanced at but I will buy the double issue of the RTE guide just to have a list of what's on the telly for the the next couple of weeks but the, the Christmas television specials will all be on and there's loads of different ones and all the big comedy shows do theirs and I see where Ted Lasso I think has a Christmas special coming out and Mrs. Brown again has a Christmas special I'll be watching that uh, we'll also be looking around for the old ones there was nothing to beat nothing to beat the Morkman Wise Christmas special comedy comedy genius let's look at what's coming up this year though uh, Crossy joins me hey Crossy how are you keeping today alright but the old voice isn't the best so you can do most of the talking for the next few minutes what, <laughs> what is the um what what is the big what are the big ones this year? So there is plenty of weird and random specials going on this year. Channel Four has a thing on Christmas Eve called the Greatest Snowman, and every time people see it, they're going, "Oh, the Greatest Showman, the movie." You know uh, that's going to be on. Everyone loves it, but no, it's everyone knows Mel and Sue. Well, Sue Perkins is presenting a TV show with a load of celebrities in the middle of the apps trying to perfect the best snowman. Apparently, it's a big thing in the Alps that, you know, they have competitions. Um, they've got a couple of celebrities in this. Very strange. Johnny Vegas, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Remember him from Changing Rooms? Yeah. Um, 
Johnny Vegas. Johnny Dyer. The, 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 the Oracle from Benidorm. <laughs> uh, look, and an Irish son. He has an Irish son. So yeah, we, can, we can take him as our own now. Yeah. We can right. take him as our own. And uh, Danny Dyer, which is not the Danny Dyer from uh, EastEnders, but Danny Dyer's daughter, Danny Dyer, who is in uh, Love Island. So, you know, it's something different. It's at eight o'clock. Kids can watch it. Adults can watch it. You know, you'll have the adult humor with the likes of Johnny Vegas. And then you'll have an actual snowman that there, there is a way to make a snowman. And I love these Christmas specials because it's something different. It's outside the box. It's away from all the, you know, you know, this year, everyone's going to be going, trying to keep away from what's uh, what's going on in the news. So something as light relief as that mm. is good. Um, stick with Channel 4, who seem to be, you know, doing it all this year. Bake Off was so big this year. Last year, they did a celebrity one with the Derry Girls. And that worked out so well that they were like, right, let's not get a celebrity one with a load of celebrities from different TV shows. Why don't we just do one TV show? So if you remember, it's January now, which is mad. I, <clears throat> I was thinking this was going to be in, you know, June or July. But remember, it's a sin, the Ollie Alexander I do. Uh, TV show. All the cast from It's a Sin are going to be doing Bake Off this year with all the with all the guys from Bake Off, which I think is going to be brilliant. If it's any way like Derry Girls, I think people are going to love it. They're it's a funny choice, it. though, isn't it? I mean, we know Derry Girls was great; is great fun, but It's a Sin, yeah, it was a super television show, and there was some laughs in it, but there was a very, very, very strong, very serious message to it. You wonder will it work? Yeah, see, do you know what? The guys are actually really good friends behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, I follow a few of them on Instagram. So I think that's what they're going on the back of. You know, these guys are very, very funny. Two or three of them are tipped for some massive TV roles next year. So I'd say Channel 4, like, right, let's get these guys in. They're going to be massive. People will come back on the player and they'll watch it. And, you know, they'll bed it in as they came from Channel 4. They didn't come from anywhere else. I, I so I'd say that's probably work, the reason behind it. I wonder will they work the It's a Sin soundtrack in? Because that was the soundtrack of the year television-wise. Oh, so, so good. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, you already mentioned it there, but the uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys, you know, it's kind of become a staple. Whether you love it or hate it, you know, it's I, I like it. I, I like watching I my mum watch it. I love it. Yeah, it's just it's just harmless, isn't it? And that's all it is. Harmless fun. Uh, that is going to be on on Christmas Day. They they have also had an episode for Halloween this year, mm. which was uh, I think they're you know they're, they're trying out different things. I think they're going through you know a phase of where's next for Mrs. Brown? What's going to happen next? They did the chat show. They did the they did the comedy series. So this is what's happening. It's going to be on Christmas Day. It's on BBC One. It's going to be on RT One as well. And mm. uh, another show that is on that everybody loves at this moment in time is Strictly the final is on this Saturday but uh, they also do the Christmas specials so these are for the celebrities that are dying to be on Strictly but just can't give nine weeks of their life or 12 weeks of their life and they've got some or fantastic or maybe you just can't uh, dance very well <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at some of them here now. I'm yeah. kind of going, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Maura Stewart, Maura Stewart, you know, she was the BBC uh, uh, newsreader for years. Yes. Adrian, yeah, she's going to be doing it. She's fantastic. She's great. Um, Adrian Childs is also going to be doing it. Seeing him dance is probably going to be like, I'd say, Marty, how funny he was, or Bernard O'Shea that was on the Irish version of that. Um, or Dizzy Cat. Anne Marie. <laughs> Anne-Marie, the artist, you know, the singer, she's yeah. going to be doing it. Fred Soro, who is, the, I think I pronounced his name properly, you know, the guy from First Dates, big, tall man, yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. be doing it. 
And Jay Blades, people go, who's Jay Blades? If you are a fan of the repair shop, you will know that man. Big smiley head, black glasses on him. He's such a lovely fella. Um, he's going to be doing it as well. It's going to run for one night. They've already got their songs chosen. They've got their dance partners chosen. It is going to be on on Christmas Day at about five o'clock on BBC One. So just after you've had your Christmas dinner, you're stuffed. You don't know what to watch. If you're going to be watching the soaps, this is a bit of light relief before everything, uh, you know, goes wild in EastEnders, Fair City or Coronation Street or wherever it is. Are they all on again Christmas Day there? Yes, they're all on Christmas Day. They're all on Christmas Day. Um, they, on uh, St. Stephen's Day on Channel 4, you got the big fat quiz of the year 2021. That goes on for a couple of hours on Channel 4 and then they do it again on New Year's Eve. Uh, you've also got uh, all-star musicals at Christmas. It's going to be on Virgin and it's going to be on ITV and New TV. So that's just, you know, another version of the X Factor or Britain's Got Talent, but with celebrities singing as well. Um, you've also got for people who watch Called a Midwife. So th- this is... Right. I kind of like this because remember back in the day when you had Downton Abbey and the Christmas special was yes. always the fantastic one. There hasn't really been that much of it. And Call the Midwife seems to be the only one that's kind of, you know, gone from strength to strength, year to year doing the Christmas special. Last year we had uh, Gavin and Stacey. Everyone thought we were going to get another Gavin and Stacey because, you know, the ending of that where someone proposed to somebody. I don't want to say it in case it ruins it, but they really left it on a cliffhanger. But I think with COVID this year, and James Corden being busy all this time, they probably haven't got a chance to do it. But yeah, just looking at it all here now, it's not what it used to be. Remember you said Morecambe and Wise. Remember the only fools and horses Christmas oh, special. Stop. Now you're talking. Now you're t- and all the vintage <laughs> stuff is there. It's all there. You'll you'll find no the Royal Family Christmas specials. Remember them? Oh, that, to me, I think, when I think of Christmas, I think of the Royal Family Christmas specials. Remember Denise having the baby, the oh, wedding, the turkey, Nana the dying. Turkey, the frozen oh, turkey. The turkey. That, in the bath, in the bath. I mean, I must have seen that, and we'll find it. We have the DVD tucked away in a box somewhere. We must have seen that episode a hundred times. Like I'd watch that in June. <laughs> Because it's so funny. Brilliant. Listen, Crossy, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy all the, the Christmas specials and thanks for being with us on The Opinion Land. Such a lot to choose from. And I will be looking through various lists over the week or so before we all pack up for the Christmas. I would advise anyone who hasn't seen it. I mentioned Johnny Vegas in Benidorm. It's my guilty pleasure. It has been for the last couple of months. It's the one. It's the thing that's made me laugh when, when, when the, the things that didn't, wanted to make me cry. Um, Benidorm on net. Not for the smallies now. 185715996. You know what? At one point, we were all worried when the airport closed in the summertime, would we get it open again for the winter? And there's great credit due to the airport people because they got it done and they got it open and they got flights in and out again on time. On time and a great credit due to everybody. And they're heading into a very, very busy week at the airport. And Morid has been up to chat with them about what may lie ahead. Cork Airport will welcome around 60,000 passengers this Christmas. This is down 40% compared to December 2019, but an increase on the near 9,000 passengers who flew in and out of Cork Airport throughout the month last year. Group Head of Communications with the DAA's Kevin Cullnan. I suppose it's the first Christmas in three where people have felt comfortable booking flights at the end of last uh, end of this summer to reunite with family and friends this Christmas and obviously 
situation as it prevails with COVID at the moment is a slight concern whether people will still travel or not and that, that's obviously something we're keeping a very close eye on with, with the various airlines that operate in and out of Cork. This coming Sunday is forecasted to be the busiest day for arrivals and departures over the festive season while the busiest day for departures post-Christmas is Sunday, January 2nd. Everyone travelling coming home this Christmas um, will be, you know, have a, have a negative COVID test which is reassuring for everyone else on the flight that if they've gone through that, that testing but we just love seeing people reunite and seeing families reunite and reconnect uh, here at the airport so hopefully there'll be many more of those scenes in the, the days and nights ahead Many people travelling during the festive period will be bringing gifts in their luggage Kevin has this advice Well one handy tip is to consider using a gift bag rather than wrapping the presents just in case there's any sharp objects within the gifts or something pops up on the x-ray machine the last thing you want is have a security officer having to ask you here in Cork or at another airport to actually unwrap the present. So a gift bag is a great idea initially. Um, Christmas crackers are okay once there's no sharp objects within them. And the other thing that occasionally uh, catches people out are snow globes, which obviously are, are full of liquid and, and because they're they're breakable, um, we encourage people not, not to bring them in their, their carry-on luggage to the airport. Cork Airport will be closed on Christmas Day. This is to allow a very special visitor to land. Christmas Day is the only day of the year um, the airport is closed and there's a very important reason that obviously we have to clear air traffic for, for Santa Claus so that uh, he has an absolutely uh, clear sky um, right from the North Pole over Irish airspace and on into Europe so uh, that's very important that we don't have any flights operating in and out of Cork Airport on Christmas Day. Thanks to Moraid for that. 1850-715-996. Just to let you know, in case you were thinking of joining me tomorrow on 96 minutes in the afternoon, I won't be on tomorrow. I've got to rest this voice uh, for the weekend. So I I won't be doing that tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Where are we going? Who do we have? We have got to do our River Dance giveaway. Uh, Let me know who we have there. Stick it up on screen. We've got to get that out before we finish. Um, do I have anything? Line two, Mary. Thank you, Fiona. Hey, Mary, how are you? Oh, I'm grand. Good, good, good. Do you want a river question or do you want a dance question? A river question. Please. You want a river question. River dance celebrated which anniversary in February 2020? Was it 15 years or 25 years? 25. It was indeed 25 years. You're off to the Woo! pen. You're, you're, off to, you're off to Riverdance next summer. Live at oh, the Marquee. Thanks to Aiken Promotions. Put you back on to Fiona. That's it. Great stuff. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 